electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Shares of Chad getting hammered today after disclosing that Chad GPT is having a significant impact on new consumer growth. Deirdre Bose is watching that story today on Tech Check. D. Yeah, so Carl, we have spent a lot of time on the big AI announcements that have been seen as positive catalysts for big tech like Microsoft, Alphabet, NVIDIA, Meta. But now we are starting to see the flip side as well, the downside stock impact. Chegg is the first public company to blame AI and ChatGPT for a major guide down and slower new user growth. And investors, they were properly spooked, as you can see, it is down nearly 50% today. And it's valued now at a little over a billion dollars. Just a few years ago, during peak pandemic tech, this was a $14 billion dollar company. CEO Dan Rosenzweig says that he's going to fight generative AI with generative AI and quote, yes, you can use it to get some answers, but to actually learn it, you need to use Chegg. Look at shares, though, of Duolingo declining in sympathy. So there really is a skepticism on the street that AI will be a net negative for ed tech at the moment. Now, as investors, they wrestle with the potential of AI to eviscerate entire business models. They continue to try to quantify the threat or the opportunity to eliminate jobs. That is already happening at IBM. The company now pausing back office hiring and says that around 30 percent of jobs could, quote, easily be replaced by AI in five years. Goldman Sachs takes a comprehensive look at the industries it expects to be most impacted. There's office and admin support, legal architecture and engineering it sees as being easily automated on the other end of that spectrum that is less impacted are in-person physical jobs like cleaning and maintenance and construction. Now, across all industries, Goldman says 25% of employment could be automated by AI. That is a quarter of all jobs, guys. And as Morgan Stanley said this morning, in a separate note, it is all happening so fast. And I couldn't agree more. I know. I was, I was telling someone this morning, Dia, I expected to hear about these kinds of concrete examples, maybe in the back half of the year, certainly not this week. And even the writer's strike, it's become quite a real point yeah. of discussion in trying to get a deal with the studios. Yeah, copywriting is another industry that is commonly pointed to as, you know, uh, being affected by AI. But, you know, I, I use it almost every single day now. And I guess that is the argument here that Chegg is making and other companies you'll see make in the months, weeks, days ahead is that it needs a human touch as well, because it's not always right. In fact, I did a search yesterday on both ChatGPT and BARD. BARD had the correct answer. ChatGPT had something that really looked correct but was not. And so, you know, I think the formula is working with a human touch, this automated, this generative AI. Um, and it's going to be a tough task for companies to figure out as Chegg is finding out in real time. Yeah, and that's not even considering the, the negative side of cyber attacks and scams yeah. and national security. Uh, Dee, thanks so much. With us now is CNBC's Steve Kovac, along with the futurist and tech entrepreneur Sinead Bovell. Steve, let's start with you. This is a broad question, and I think the answer is it's different uh, depending on what the corporation does and is. How will AI affect the corporate landscape broadly, and which industries will it hit the most, the hardest, or the best? Yeah, that's, that's a really tough question because it is specific, Tyler, 
to the different industries. But let's talk about what's going, what we're seeing in education, for example. I want to see the grades of these kids who are choosing Chegg or ChatGPT over Chegg's products that we know are right. We already know that these things can get wrong. So as we see industries like Hollywood get affected, as we see industries uh, like IBM and you know HR work get affected, how good is ChatGPT and these large language models at replacing? I, I'm less confident in that based on what I've seen and how good they are at giving appropriate answers. And look, there's a reason why, uh, to Deirdre's point, that big tech is investing more in this than ever. Uh, there's a reason why Microsoft hasn't put these products into education yet. Uh, just a couple months ago, they mm. announced a bunch of cool AI tools for office apps, but they're not selling that to education yet because they, they don't know if it's going to be helpful for students or if it could be like a cheating tool or, or what. They need to yeah. get those answers right, Tyler. So, so I'm going to give you a little anecdotal evidence. I was at a table that, that included my son about a month ago and two other students, one at a university, I will not name it, the other, a classmate of my son's in high school. And I asked them, have you ever used ChatGPT for anything? And they kind of sheepishly all at once looked down at their asparagus <laughs> and looked away. And uh, I said, so, so what, what do you know about it? He said, yeah, we, yeah we've used it. And, I, and, the, and the college student was the most forthcoming. He said, yeah, I used it to write a, an essay for me, and I got a 98 on it. Wow. Wow. So, and this well, is there, there you go. No Maybe Trump it is University Tyler, you're either. in trouble. You're I'm in trouble. Oh, I'm, I am out of here, man. I am, I'm right. getting out at the top tick. Uh, Sinead, let me turn to you with that bit of evidence in mind. I, I suppose the overriding question is on balance is AI going to be good for society or bad for society? And why? That's a really great question and, and one with a lot of stakes. I will say, at this point in time, if we can steer it correctly, uh, putting in the right guardrails and safety measures in place, I think we could have quite an optimistic future with this technology. Uh, however, there are a lot of things contingent on that and a lot of decisions that need to be made ahead of that uh, to kind of reach that overall scenario. I will say what is guaranteed over the next decade is a lot of change and a lot of disruption. Uh, and we need to be in an environment where we can absorb that uh, and harden our institutions for that, uh, which involves things like a lot more foresight. We had mentioned here uh, education being a little bit disrupted. Large language models like ChatGPT and these systems, research papers have existed on these systems for years. So we do have time to prepare. We just need to lean a lot more into the future. We need a lot more cohesion between public and private sectors. Uh, so we're not always caught off guard, kind of scrambling to adapt to these technologies. Why do you say that the pluses will outweigh the minuses? Quickly. I think if we look at the historical trend of technology, overall, it's led to net more jobs, it's created new industries, and we've largely been better off as technology has advanced. Uh, so if we look mm -hmm. at that as our, as our data points, uh, artificial intelligence is going to be far more, more powerful, than some say, uh, than electricity so, or the so, wheel. So Deirdre, Sinead says, look to the past and take heart for the future. <laughs> I could never answer that question. I mean, that is the conversation here in the Bay Area among everyone right now. Is it going to be a net positive or a net negative? If anyone thinks they can answer it, I just, they can't. There's no way for us to know right now. People who are in technology, they say, yes, it will be used to figure it out. The Chegg CEO says that he's going to use it to make a better product, but we just don't know. When we talk about the ramifications happening over the next decade, 
they're happening right now. They're happening in the stock market, like we see with IBM, with Chegg, with many companies to follow. So this is all being negotiated, and there's just no way for us to know. I'm using the stuff every single day, and a lot of these answers from ChatGPT and Bard, they sound right. Like maybe your son's friend who you just threw under the bus, Tyler. Yeah. (laughs) But does it stand up to scrutiny? I I don't know. you got to be really careful. And I I I think that's, you know, the tack that an alphabet's taking. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I was just going to say on the IBM front, they expect to pause hiring for roles as 7,800 jobs could be replaced by AI in the coming years. This is probably, you know, the first very tangible example of AI coming to kind of the white collar Workplace. Are you surprised at how quickly this has happened? And, and do you think that this off the hand uh, sort of off the cuff comment um, he will walk back from? Or do you think we will see more companies quickly following suit? He hasn't walked back yet. And in fact, his predecessor talked about this. Jenny Rometty talked about this all the time. And I, look, I, I think he's just saying the quiet part out loud. Arvind Krishna, the CEO of IBM, when he says that these kind of jobs, they're basically very easily uh, copied over to an AI chatbot, for example. Think of customer service. That's just a low-hanging fruit uh, kind of job that can be replaced by these. And this is something people want. As we talk about efficiency all this year, especially within tech companies, what's more efficient, I guess, than getting rid of a human or not hiring a human and having software do it instead? That sounds awful and scary, of course, because that, that's jobs a human is not getting. But for the company at large, maybe it's it, you know it's a good thing. It protects margins it and it makes uh, the entire organization run more efficiently so I, I really think everyone is thinking like mr. Krishna is thinking uh, they're just not saying it yet because you know look we're talking about it now right uh, Sinead final question to you what is the one area of AI or is there a particular piece or part of AI that frightens you more than any other I get all, all the hard ones today. I think um, the uncertainty, we obviously can't plan for a breakthrough uh, and how capable and advanced these systems get, um, I think is a bit challenging. But to be completely honest, I'm a little bit less worried about AI and more worried about our socio-political and our social environment to absorb the changes from artificial intelligence. So I think our foundation is a little bit cracked uh, and so that, I think, is what alarms me a little bit more. I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you strongly. I think that's, uh, that, that's what worries me about this, is the, is, the, mm-hmm. is the potential for misuse. It's always the unintended consequences that get you, right? We, I think we can agree on that. All right, Sinead, thank you very much. Steve Kovac, Deidre Bosa, thank you as well. Good conversation. Appreciate yeah, it. Really appreciate everybody. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.